0: Have you ever judged something to only find yourself very, very wrong about that judgment? Two things that I've judged wrong in my life. One are olives. (laughs) I used to say I hated olives. I used to even say that I was allergic to olives so that I wouldn't have to eat them. And yes, that was before I knew Jesus. And then one day, everything began to change whenever I left those olives on my pizza. It was delicious. And that has started as a a, a delicacy since then uh, of being able to eat olives and enjoy olives on just about anything, even out of the jar, right? They are so good. The second thing that I wrongly judged, uh, roller coasters. And now if you've been here any length of time, I've talked about this before about uh, my fear of those death machines. And, um, you know, they're not as bad once you finally, you know, give them a try and kind of kind of get to understand it instead of being just like utterly frightened for your life it's more of a thrill right so things in our life that that sometimes we we think that we don't like we jump to judgment of without having given them a chance or, or getting to know them right and then i think about how often we do that with people and things in our life as well we jump to a conclusion And then we let that conclusion determine how we feel about it the rest of our lives. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning is that stronghold of judgment That oftentimes we find prevailing in our life. So good morning, my name is Hunter Upton. I'm one of the pastors here at Give All Church South Haven. Glad that you've joined us for worship. Uh, If you're our guest today, glad that you are here as well. And I pray and hope that uh, you receive just a blessing by being here and worshiping with us uh, today. We're continuing in our uh, message series uh, on strongholds. Uh, And it's leading us up till next Sunday, Easter Sunday, but during this series what we're looking at are those things that literally have a stronghold, a strong grip upon our lives and how uh, there are strongholds that oftentimes uh, aren't just part of people of the world but uh, show their, their face. Uh, in our lives of those of us who are in the church as well. And so we want to ask God to come and break those strongholds, remove the chains that we would live into the life, the fullness thereof of what God has in store for us as as his people. Uh, and so I want to encourage you, if you uh, haven't had a chance to follow along in this series, uh, maybe you're new, maybe you, you've been out a little bit, that's totally fine. want to say you can go online to youtube.com slash Gitwell Church South Haven. You can find uh, all the previous messages there of this series and others, uh, but would love to have you watch and listen to catch up. Uh, speaking of Easter Sunday, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. We will have three services, 8, nine thirty, and 11. Uh, would love for you to pick one to come. There's no reservations required, uh, and you can come as you are. Uh, but we'd love to have you come. We'll have kids' ministry at 9 30 and 11. And so I want to make a big plea. I did this last week, and I'll say it again this week. If you don't have kids, would you consider in your heart of hearts coming to 8 o'clock service to make room for those families that will come at 9 30 and 11? I'm not going to judge you if you show up at 9 30 or 11. But I would love for you to at least consider that this week as you go. And speaking of uh, Easter, this is Holy Week that we're entering into, and we will have a special Holy Week service this Wednesday, April fifth at six p.m. here in this room. I would love for you to join us for that time of hymns, uh, uh, teaching. We'll celebrate Holy Communion together, uh, and then we'll have some Scripture reading that will help us reflect on the events that lead up to uh, Christ's crucifixion as we enter in and we walk through Holy Week to really focus us uh, so that whenever we gather together next Sunday, uh, it will be quite a celebration of what God has done. Thank the Lord. So I uh, want to let you know too that uh, nursery will be available next uh, this coming Wednesday for that service. Uh, nursery it's birth through three years old, uh, but your children older than three are welcome to be in the room with us uh, as we celebrate that time together. All right, let's jump in. Uh, What do you think is perhaps the most famous line in all the Bible? Now, I think that some of us would probably want to argue that uh, for God so loved the world, right? I think everyone in here probably is at least familiar with that one. Uh, If you watch TV and sports, you probably have seen Philippians 4.13 on some faces. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, right? Uh, Also popular. Well, I want to argue that those are probably towards the top of the list, but to me... Probably the most famous uh, verse in all of the Bible, Christians and non-Christians alike, it's almost like it's a universally known thing, is the phrase where Jesus says, judge not, lest you be judged. You see what I'm saying? I mean, everybody you know knows that one, right? Uh, We use it in the church. People who are non-Christians use it outside of the church. We use it all the time. And we live in a culture that is so funny, right? They want to throw it at us. Judge not lest you be judged but yet y'all we are so eat up with our judgment of one another that we don't even recognize it so I want us to see what Jesus has to say about it. if you've got a Bible or device you read from we're gonna be in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5 Jesus he's gathered his disciples together there's a a group a crowd of people who are around him as well he's sitting on a hillside uh, by the Sea of Galilee and he's teaching through what's called the Sermon on the Mount and he says these words chapter 7 Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. He says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. These are some strong words that Jesus has used here. And so let's, let's, let's back up and let's look at the first verse here and ask this question, what is judgment? So Jesus said, do not judge or you too will be judged. And this word judge right here is this Greek word krino. the greek word krino and whenever you find it in the new testament and it was used in uh in koine greek in ancient greece uh, it is generally used uh, when speaking of forming uh forming judgments or reaching conclusions about people or things and so uh, this is where we get the idea of a judge right A, a judge who sits in a courtroom what does a judge do? They sit and they observe the evidence as it's presented. Uh, they evaluate it and then what do they do? They, they draw a conclusion. They arrive at a certain uh, conclusion, a certain verdict based on uh, what has been presented to them on that evidence. Now the problem is, is that for, the, for most of us, uh, we are judges but yet we don't follow that process, Right? uh we we've got our robe on and we're ready to judge and instead of even taking a look at the evidence we immediately jump to the conclusion right that's the kind of judgment that jesus is talking about here is us uh, wrongfully uh finding uh placing judgment on someone else and so this is this is kind of our working definition of judgment this morning is wrongfully claiming authority big words there wrongfully claiming authority to include uh, to conclude another's character, motivation, and or future. Essentially what Jesus is telling us, this is a warning against hypercriticism. And in his words here in Matthew and to us today, Jesus, he's, dr- he's going deeper than just this judgment, but he's addressing the spirit, that motivation that oftentimes is behind our judgment. Now, we're all, uh, we're all subject to sin, from our birth, that's part of our fallen nature. Uh, and our flesh, just by that nature, is very critical. Um, you're probably thinking of people in your life that you know that it just seems like they can't help it. And our flesh, it's critical, it's condemning. Uh, and Jesus, he tells us to stop hypercritically judging others because we've got to be very careful that we don't want to become recipients of that same kind of judgment. And so Jesus, what he's saying is we've got to cease judging others with the spirit that's, that's disapproving, that's critical, that nitpicks. Meaning we, we look and we just raise those uh, annoying, petty, trivial, those frivolous uh, objections of people's lives. Uh, it's this judgmental spirit of denouncing and disparaging fault finding, uh, of being hypercritical, scathing, or even severe. Why would Jesus say this? Because he knows that 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 type of judgment is harsh, that type of judgment is self-righteous, it lacks mercy, and it's short on love. Now, unfortunately, as much as sometimes we we think about others having this type of spirit, this type of uh, stronghold, the church is far from immune from that type of, of, of judgmental spirit. Sometimes uh, we think that having a critical spirit is kind of like a spiritual gift, right? We call it the spirit of discernment. And you probably also know someone <laughs> who's like that. And yet Jesus says it's not our place. It's not our place to be the judge. Stop. Stop it. So as we think about these, these, these judgments that oftentimes we find ourselves in, as we start to feel it welling up inside of us, as it's wanting to start coming out of our mouth, there are two questions that I want you to, to, to ask yourself. The first one is this, is am I being objective? Am I being objective? And the second question is this, do I have the whole story? Now, If you can answer both of those those questions and still be fair in your judgment, then you've done well. However, what I have found that oftentimes we don't do that, but there is one who does it really well, and it's God. It's God. We don't give grace very often. We don't give the benefit of the doubt. We don't even give time to try to understand the whole story or to even be objective Instead, we find ourselves jumping straight to that conclusion, wrongfully saying that whatever I've decided is what it's going to be forever in a day. So why should we ask these two questions? It's because we've got to remind us that we need to be slow to pass a judgment. We don't need to be hypercritical in our judgment of something or someone. We've got to realize that there's always more to the story than what the cover shows us. And Jesus wants us to understand that. You see, we, we are not the final judge. What we say does not make it forever and a day. And I often think about how, how, how whenever we do place a judgment on someone, that it's not even that we arrived at that conclusion, but someone else did, and we're listening to them instead. We just take their word on it. Now, I, I dabble in woodworking just, just a tad, but here's the thing about sawdust whenever you're, you're doing woodworking. that that speck of sawdust that sometimes ends up in my eye, uh, it's the same type of wood as the board that I'm sawing. What Jesus is telling us here in this passage is that that sin that we see in our brother's eye, that little speck of sawdust, is the same as that plank that's hanging out in ours. It's all sin. It's all sin. You see, and I want to be careful here because I'm not saying that we can't ever judge someone else because Jesus makes it clear that, that we do have a responsibility and accountability with one another. Uh, verse 1 helps us to understand that. He, he doesn't prohibit us from judging one another, especially our Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, we've got to be able to hold each other accountable without claiming to be uh, the, the ultimate authority over them. Now, a little further in the Sermon on the Mountain, chapter 7 and verse 20, Jesus says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So he's he's showing us that we are able to actually judge in that way, to hold each other accountable uh, in that way. But here's the thing is that our judgment has to be fair. It's got to be fair. uh, And that we can only judge others by the same standard that we too would like to be judged. The only problem is, is that most of our judgments aren't fair. And they are wrong. And it's not because we, we judge according to a standard. We have a standard. But it's because we don't hold them to the same standard that we hold ourselves or vice versa. See, the heart of the issue is this, is that what ju- the stronghold of judgment does for us is it causes us not to see ourselves clearly. Now think about this, talking about standards and judgments. Here's a ruler. Um, this is how I judge myself, this is my standard, it's so so easy to attain, so great, it's not very hard at times, um, I really measure up whichever way you move it, right, um, it's not bad, but oftentimes whenever I look at my brother or sister, this is not the measurement that I use, but instead I pull out my uh, trusty uh, longer one and go, hey, we're looking pretty different right now, right? Why is there a difference? Is it because I wanna feel better about myself? Why do we use two different measurements? I can't even measure up to this measurement. But yet we are often so much more gracious to ourselves than we are to our brothers and sisters. We let that stronghold of judgment take us and take us to places and declare things about them and see things about their future that are not true. We use two different standards to measure each other, and Jesus tells us a very frightening truth, and I don't know if you heard it, but I'm going to say it again. It's verse 2. Whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Y'all, we're hypercritical, and we're hypocritical, and sometimes we don't even realize it. I think that one of the great life skills that that none of us seem to have learned (laughs) is being introspective. Uh, and I I don't think growing up it was ever something that was taught to me or ever talked about. It was one of those kind of kooky things that, you know, if you had issues, maybe your counselor told you to do some of that or something. Um, But if we ever want to mature, if we ever want to grow, if we ever want to become more like Christ, we've got to do some searching. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and to point out to us those ways and places that we have this kind of judgmental spirit. This double standard, if you will. We, we have to be open to listen to his voice. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to, to ask God to help make you aware. We're blinded by this judgment, this stronghold of judgment. But we need God to make us aware of those places. Those times when those words coming out of our mouth don't really match up with what God wants. Those times whenever we've made a declaration in our mind and it's how it's affected the rest of the way that we see someone and the way that we interact with someone and the way that we see our world to make us aware of the things in the life that he truly has and desires for us. We need God to convict us. Y'all, conviction is actually a good thing sometimes. We need God to come by his spirit and convict us and show us where we've wrongfully claimed authority over another person. We need God to make it obvious to to us. We need him to break in us that sin pattern that oftentimes we get stuck in. We need God to help us to be humble, to have compassion and to work to understand, to do that work of understanding instead of just passing judgment. Now, oftentimes whenever we find ourselves being uh, judgmental, uh, it's usually because we've been offended by somebody. You know, they've done something, they've either looked away or, or we don't approve of their behavior, whatever it may be. So we judge them. We immediately jump to that conclusion. And if we ever do move past that, usually what we move past to is pity. We pity them. Ah, oh, poor them. Wish, wish that things could be different for them. Just feel really bad for them. That's, that's hard. Oh, well. All right. You know, now think about the fact that God could look at us. And because of our sin, he has every right and every reason to judge us and say, wow, it is hopeless. It is helpless. And he didn't just move to pity to say, wow, I wish they could help themselves because that just, oh, that's awful. No. Scripture, and what I love is that Jesus several times in the gospel, it gives us the words that he was moved to compassion So we need to move from this judgmental spirit that we have to a spirit of compassion around another person. A spirit that as God did with us, not wanting to leave us in our sin, but instead made a way for us to have life with him in a way that we were hopeless and dead. He makes us alive and filled with hope of the future and the glory that's to come. Instead of us placing our judgment upon people and condemning them right then and there to get to know them and to help them move toward the one that can do the work in their lives. See, so do you think that there's no hope for those that you've judged? Well, let me tell you about hope. It's not just a myth that one day we're going to all want, but it is the real thing that each of us can have. Friends, if it wasn't for grace, I don't think that any of us would be sitting in this room today. That same grace, if he can save sinners like us, then surely he can save sinners like them. And if that truth doesn't start to sink deep down in us, y'all, it's not good. We've got to allow God to have his way in our life, so that we can be instruments in his hand to do the work that he wants us to do in this world. We need hearts of compassion just as Jesus had. We need to ask him to bring that in our hearts that we would know that nothing is impossible with him. So let's take a second to think about what judgment does to us. And this is not just an accusation. This is uh, claiming and, and, and giving, making a declaration of finality upon another person or thing. Uh, and there's no way that, that whenever we do that, that that doesn't change the relationship that we have with them. Like think about this is that, Uh, Our hypercritical and hypocritical judgment, it can be a hindrance to the plan and the purpose God has for his kingdom work here on the earth. Now, some of you probably perked up a little bit and said, Hunter, I'm not sure. That sounds like heresy. And you know what? It kind of is. But I want you to hear me out. God's plan and purpose, it will come to fruition. Do you understand? 100%. History has proven it to this point, and he's going to bring it to fruition in the end. I want you to hear that. This Bible tells us that. Our collective life has shown that. So I want you to hear that. God will accomplish his plan and purpose. And how much more can we experience the kingdom of God today if we, let, if we get ourselves out of the way and let him use us? This spirit of judgmentalness that we have on our lives is keeping God's work from coming more and more and more and more and more every single day. Can you just imagine what he would do? Can you imagine how it would change this church? How this would change our community if we let our pride drop, let, our ability, let the Holy Spirit come and work through us to get to know our neighbors and to love them as Jesus loved them. If, he, if we would let our pride drop and get to know the people next to us on the road, to truly do life hand in hand with them, how that would change not just your life, but their life and the lives of those around them. Now, I don't know about you, and I've heard Jonathan say this multiple times. I, whenever I get to heaven, I don't want to hear him say like, oh, if, if you would have just done this. Oh, why did you hold back there? I don't want to get to heaven and say, man, I wish that I wouldn't have been so much a hindrance to the work that you wanted to do, God. Let's not stand in the way. Let's let him take and let, let his purpose prevail. And let's join him in the work that he's wanting to do in this world. We've got to stop allowing the schemes of the devil to shape our lives together. All the devil wants to do is deceive, destroy, and divide the kingdom of God. And too often we let him have his way with us when God's way is so much better. And it's not always easier, God's way, but y'all, it is always better. See, relationships are tough. These, these things that we do, we want to sweep things under the rug. We want to ignore the elephant in the room. We want to block people on our feed. We want to stronghand the conversations. We want to avoid those people when we see them in the grocery store so we go down the other aisle, right? These are the things that we do. Why do we do this? And it's because relationships are, are so tough. And instead of putting in the kingdom work that God has called us to, we choose not to engage. We choose to ignore. and we, Because here's the thing is that that's always the easier thing to do. However, God has a greater plan for your life and for their life. And the stronghold of judgment doesn't need to stand in the way. Now, I asked one of my lawyer friends uh, a question this week saying, you know, have you ever uh, not taken a case because you know who the judge was going to be on the case? And they were like, absolutely. And I, so then I, I pressed a little further, and sorry if you're a judge in the room, but I said, are there some judges who are maybe a little more fair or, you know, more reasonable than others? And, and he said, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let me tell you, friends, here's the truth, is that we're not the judge. We're not the judge. And just like you don't want an unfair judge, we're not the judge. There's only one who is the judge and has all authority and who righteously and fairly judges, and that is Jesus Christ. And so I want you to hear this, is that you have a choice of who's going to be the judge of your life. You have a choice in this. And isn't it reassuring to know that our eternity, our identity, and our lives aren't determined by by us and each other? But are instead determined by the perfect judgment of Jesus. And so I want you to hear these two truths. Is that someone else's judgment over you doesn't define you. Let that sink in if you need to hear that today. Someone else's judgment over you does not define define you Christ's judgment does your judgment over someone or something else it isn't final sometimes we think it is but it isn't Christ's is no matter what someone else says about you the only judgment that matters is that of Jesus over your life and if you've given your life over to him he has said that you are a child of God and nothing can change that nothing at all And he wants to continue to do a transforming work in your life. And whatever wrongfully placed judgment we've placed on other people or or something else, it doesn't stand up in our petty courts that we like to hold for one another. It doesn't define someone else or something else forever. See, we don't have the right to be the judge there. Jesus does, though. And it's up to him, not us. His hope is always available to them So here's the thing is that we've got to stop playing the judge and we've got to let Jesus have his title back, because he's the one who is. We've got to stop believing that the enemy wants us to to believe uh, and listen to his voice, but instead listen to the voice of the one who speaks with all authority in heaven and on earth, and that's Jesus. So he's a stronghold of judgment. It keeps us from seeing ourselves correctly and living into the fullness of life that God wants us to give us. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for more of this life that he wants us to have. And, and y'all, it's offered to us here and now. Jesus made the way for us to experience it here and now. And so I want you to join me in that. I want you to join me in, in allowing the Spirit to come and search our hearts and to point out to us those things in us that are offensive to him and to lead us on the way of everlasting life, to examine and assess where we're, where we're hypercritical, where we're hypocritical with our judgment. And now, I don't know what it means for you, but, but I want to encourage you that as you're sitting here, as you're listening to me, ask God, point out to me, who is that person? What is that thing that, that I need to have a conversation with that I have wrongfully placed a judgment upon? Lord, would you bring them to mind? And then, Lord, would you take it a step further, and would you give me the opportunity to begin a conversation with them? Lord, would you give me the boldness to step into it, to just start asking questions, so that I would better understand, instead of placing my judgment, my human judgment upon them? He can use that. As a starting place for breaking that stronghold of judgment in your life. So let's be slow to judge. Let's be quick to love, remembering the one who does have all authority to do so fairly, and that's Jesus. And let's elect to participate in the goodness and the fullness of the life that God wants for us to experience this side of heaven by asking Him to break in us that stronghold of judgment. Now, each and every week, what we do uh, here during this series is we've, we've had a prayer that we've wanted to pray together as, as a congregation, because we want God to do the work, right? And so we want to ask him collectively, God, would you do this? And so I want to ask you, if you will, we're going to read and pray this prayer together from the screen. Um, so let's, let's turn our eyes to the screen, and let's pray this prayer. Father... Please break down the stronghold of judgment in my life. Sometimes I am guilty of judging others. Sometimes I am hurt by the judgment of others. Please give me understanding and recognition of the difference between loving accountability and the attack of judgment that isolates and separates us from one another. Lord, forgive me of the ways I have judged others. Give me compassion and empathy for others and encourage me to understand the lives of others rather than rushing to judgment. Lord, free me from the weight of the judgment of others. Give me confidence that is rooted in my understanding that you love me, cleanse me, heal me, transform me, and call me to life with you. Amen.